0: YS, YS. Good morning Debbie. Good morning. So We'll go into the icebreaker questions. Um, the first concert you ever went to?
1: was a gospel concert. I can't remember the name of the artist, but it was at Notting Hill um, at this church called Keserton Temple. Um, it was absolutely manic. Uh, was going crazy for
0: Jesus. Loved it. <laughs> Cats or dogs? Dogs. Favourite genre of music? Gospel?
1: Gospel and grime. Wow, Rachel righteousness
0: That's like life. Slogan for life, if you could break all yours,
1: pizza. Break the rules.
0: Worst job you ever had?
1: Working at Papa John's pizza shop. We um, Taking orders and, believe me, people get crazy when they say they don't want onions on their pizza. To be fair, if you put
0: onions on pizza, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> People on your
1: team. You I've only got three people on my team, so all of us are going. Exactly. <laughs> Me, Quaker and Dads. There
0: we go guys. <laughs> so let's get to know a little bit about yourself and your background, I know, but for our listeners who may not
1: know, Debbie, what do you do? That's it. Um, so I'm the founder and CEO of YSYS, which stands for Your Startup, Your Story. We're a startup community for entrepreneurs, investors, creatives, innovators from diverse backgrounds. And we run programs to support people become entrepreneurs or get in employment within tech.
0: So I met Debbie on a Founders Law weekend which turned to a six-week Accelerate program which I didn't know was surprising This is kind of how we made each other. So one of the main focuses for the weekend was to change the face of tech. What does that mean?
1: So within the tech industry it's predominantly been known to be white male dominated mm-hmm. Um, and then if, we, if we are going to build products that solve global challenges um, across all intersections across all types of applications of tech we need diverse people behind us sure. so for us it's like how do we fa- how do we then change the face of technology by putting diverse people at the forefront and encouraging them to be founders or
0: work with amazing teams what's a common myth about let's say tech that you've heard that you with?
1: That that's inaccessible um, you can build from your bedroom there's so many platforms and non-code tools now that you can use and you can get that running um straight away so if you check out platforms like product hunt a lot of people are releasing tools that you can use to build um start anything within five minutes such as wix wix.com um, you've got stuff like GitHub, um, github where you can copy other people's code and use that apply and make your own um and there's, those are cool tools
0: so have you found this like tech industry that's been welcoming to yourself
1: Oh that's a good one. That's an interesting one. Um, It's welcoming now because I'm taking the, the initiative to own the table and own the rooms I'm in. Um, When I first entered the tech industry, I actually applied for so many jobs and kept getting rejected. I applied for internship jobs, even though I was like a law graduate. I just finished um, working at Anderson Young. I worked at a law firm, did business development. I had this like amazing corporate CV. Yeah, I thought I was like, I am so okay. And I kept getting rejected. And I said, because of that, I'm just going to create my own opportunities. So I remember whilst I was working at this law firm, I used to run um, startup meetups on the side um in different co-working spaces and message people on LinkedIn we come and speak at my event about food tech about how to raise investment and lucky enough they were like super responsive and said yes but it's then that experience that I then used to then apply for tech roles and was started to get jobs and I ended up getting headhunted to run a retail accelerator um Yes, yeah, so I say it wasn't as easy, but I think having to create your, creating your own opportunities for yourself and put yourself at a forefront, that's what helped. Now, when I was in the midst of it all, that's when I became more woke and more alert to the fact that actually I'm a black woman um, in this space. And what does that mean for me? You
0: know, my um, awakening call to that moment was um, I just graduated, joined a company called Capital as a consultant analyst, very interested to office trying to look to see the black faces hang out of lunch and not see anybody first black face I saw was at like 4.30 mm. and I was like cleaner okay, no. and I thought like wow like it's you're it the environment I mean
1: yes and I think that's so interesting because I know someone recently that runs like a really big co-worker space that they're trying to diversify and they said that the only diverse people in this room are the facilities so that's from the cleaners from you know, AB uh, front of house but no one actually within the team is an belongs to an underrepresented group. And that's where things need to change. And often when you look at stats of organizations, say, oh, we do have a diverse um, you know, company, I'm like, where are those people from? What in what department do they sit in? And what do their progression levels look like?
0: Nada. <laughs> it's a really interesting topic on like progression because I graduated 2017, I'm in 2017 and been working fundamentally since the month I graduated so it was like three years now. Never have I had like I've been in procurement, I've been in the marketing industry, I've been in events. That's for shows I was in recruitment. I'm never a black manager. Mm-hmm. Why do you think perhaps that is?
1: Um, there's a there's a glass ceiling that a lot of people okay. say applies to women, and there's another one, you know, that applies to black individuals, especially black women. And I think it's what's happened with a lot in within the tech industry in terms of diversifying the cohort they've done a lot for attraction so attract 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 but then what happens when those individuals get in that space you can do all your efforts to you know embody these diversity initiatives and pipeline initiatives to let people come in but if the inclusion part doesn't exist within the organization that place isn't going to be psychologically safe for that diverse talent coming in so they're going to come in they might be within an associate role and by the time they can even make a manager role they've left because some kind of microaggression they experience or it's the fact that when they've entered um, companies are now doing a tick box exercise. Actually they've entered in an associate role, that's fine, we don't need to give them career development, professional development, actually no longer need to watch them or let's focus on someone else and therefore they're not progressing. And then also when it comes to actually the gender movement within these companies, it's white women, you know, that are um, being put on the pedestal before those other women because what they're recognised actually is, okay, let's support women. But women come in with different types and forms. Sure, sure. They're intersectional. So, what's happened is the focus on a very attractive diversity goal has actually created more, or actually highlighted more systematic problems that happen for other, other groups of people.
0: So, the company I work at, on the diversity committee, and we had some powerful conversations, and it really echoes something you've made One of the initiatives. of the committee diversity and inclusion, so you think that's one aspect of diversity. focus on well the other. Mm-hmm. When it came to kind of like racial diversity, that's when suddenly the ideas kind of went quiet. And me being the only black person on the board, I was pushing these ideas and what we can do, how we make these roles a bit more attractive. And I spoke to the lead recruiter, and which <laughs> somebody was mad. Told me that she doesn't see colour focuses purely on CV and skill and the way the company is going, they need to hire people with experience, which is why perhaps people from different backgrounds are on the planet. And like, we, she told me this in a meeting, so I pulled her aside after we had a conversation about it as well. i like, do you understand that he didn't, for you just said, you found the best said that black like, the skills. Yeah. I have friends who are consultants. I top companies like EY, to three amazing companies who have the experience. As, 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 a, as a prank, I want my friends to fly like two years ago. Yeah. This person has been like, having this like essentially, two years, they didn't even get shortest. So, <laughs> overqualified the most of the sales team, but these are perhaps like the issues that we're facing people just don't see the color. You go on companies LinkedIn profiles, the Sales Navigator, and you look at a company which is predominantly like white male, and you say perhaps you have a diversity problem. And I've literally had founders on the say to be saying, we don't, we don't, we don't need your service, which is funny because fundamentally, uh, you do. Um, so the work we are doing, you, you primarily so it's, it's very needed. So what do you think are like the next steps? How can we help ourselves fundamentally? Because said before asking for seats at the table doesn't work um, what's the next step
1: for us i think if you're within an organization so my, my kind of advice would be if you're someone that belongs to a diverse group and you're within an organization no matter what um level you are at it's your responsibility to break down those walls right? We need to be allies, we need to be activists um, within our companies. And so whether that's actually deciding to set up an ERG group, so an employment resource group, to then invite people who are o- overrepresented to actually begin to start those conversations. And that's something that can be done quarterly, it can be done monthly, setting up a diversity committee. So if you are, for example, part of the recruitment team um, within your organisation or a sales team, having, um, having a group of people that individuals within the team can come to and talk to if they have a concern about anything around diverse inclusion. So it's about how do we first of all address what's happening within the organisation. And I believe that diverse people have the, they, they have a responsibility, but they're also they're the biggest advocates because they can effectively um, speak for us on other behalf. Sure. Whereas I'm not trying to say that, that the burden sits on them mm-hmm. to educate people to see us.
0: Because
1: sure. I think that's often when, you know, a lot of times when it's like, oh, let's hire a diverse inclusion lead, they immediately <laughs> hire a black woman. I'm like, <laughs> you know, tick. tick. It's there like, and then all of that the burden increase. and worries for us. But I think where more where more change can actually happen is where you have people that belong to overrepresented groups actually stand up when they see inequality happen. So actually, now I think another advice would be is that if you are a white man, um, a straight white man from an upper, you know, socioeconomic class, what you know, think about what can you do for to speak up on behalf of your peers. You know, stand up, say something when you see someone interrupt a woman in the office in the meeting. You know, say something when someone's making like inappropriate jokes about someone's religion or the color of their skin or their sexuality.
0: I think for us, it's a. Uh... It's a top-down method where you need to get buy-in from the decision makers of the company, the C suites And I believe like most of these people are really driven by the bottom line and they don't care as long well as that, that makes their profit the end better. It's kinda of sad as a community and society, that's where we going. It's just money over everything. It's, it's sad. So okay. let's touch back on you yourself. What's probably the best career decision you've ever made and the worst?
1: Oh, Ooh, I love it. Um, the best career decision was probably, yeah, my first job within tech. So I joined Incubus, which again, like, I, I talked about, it's a retail accelerator, so they help startups. Um, they put them through like six weeks of training um, on like, how to do customer success, um, customer sales, anyone that's building products so towards that. But when I left that job, I left my previous job at a law firm but I also took like a 70% pay cut and I was like how am I going to survive because I wasn't living with my parents, I was living with a friend at a time, I said I'm going to make this work um, because that experience is so invaluable to me and it's what helped that um, like really supercharge my career so I think for me that was probably the biggest like thing I'm happy about um, but not many people do that, people take that pay cut right, you are pushing you in your job and you get a good salary um, and the worst would probably be, hmm. I don't really know if I have a worst. I think with every career I've had um, or job opportunity, there's always been great learners to take away um, and that learning has then helped me do better in my well. other world, yeah. Okay.
0: So many of our audience are somewhere between the ages of eighteen to 23. What advice would you give at eighteen to 23?
1: Learn, just learn immerse yourself in everything that um tickles you that you're curious about and just um do loads of deep dives so there's so many things in tech i want to learn more about and especially diverse inclusion now finding that time to have scheduled learning isn't possible when you're also working on the business and in the business um but during your 80s 24s when you're just straight out of university when you're probably in a more routine or structured job role you have so many opportunities to learn you know ask your manager about how this process works speak to industry experts or speak to someone that's in a position that you want to be in and say how did you get there I'm what like books 100 percent. <laughs> like what books did you <laughs> read you know watch videos content if you do like this you know listening to podcasts like this amazing one pick up some other ones and keep listening whilst you're on the train utilize the time you have when your mind is kind of not being active you know i i take an i have an hour and a half train journey into work everywhere a hundred percent i'm reading the, right now the hard things about hard things absolutely yeah uh, yeah um so you know where you find that you have those opportunities rather than listening to spotify or um you know just listening to your favorite gospel or like grime artists, <laughs> you know pick up a book read podcasts and just take loads of deep dives because your brain as well at that age is super active um and more uh you know, active in terms of retaining information and knowledge, and that's the best place to like, kind
0: of optimize. Food. On a side note about that book, so those gentlemen, Ben Horowitz and Mark Juice are fucking intelligent. Them, <laughs> there I listen me. to them speak sometimes, like and I get lost.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm not where am I? I think I'm in like a fifth way, <laughs> one fifth way into that book, but already the insights I've taken, especially around you know stakeholder management, team management, um, just the learnings has been super useful and I think what I also appreciate about this because the journey's hard oh,
0: man. you know there was you know. times in the, in the book where you just oh, yeah
1: <laughs> yeah the journey's hard and I think to see that other people that have you know super more successful where we're trying to be but to, for them to say actually and be open and transparent so we went through these hard issues i have made a mistake before and to be open about it but then also to present solutions to actually you know uh, fix the problem I think that's just Absolutely amazing It's just Blowing my mind Reading those
0: books is <laughs> powerful Because it shows you that well, One thing I learned Quite recently Is Everything Look around you In the room Even as like The you're listening To this podcast on. Everything around you Was like made By a human From a human thought, a human That is like No better Or worse Than you are Same Mind Same body Same, same spirit Same everything um, It's just they've Channel their creativity and their discipline a bit harder than yourself, and it's motivating to know that. Listen, this iPhone here, like Steve Jobs or Steve Wozniak came up with this idea in the '80s, and here I am, like everything in front of me is happening for the most part. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> that, so it's from, from a small idea, here we are. Yeah. And they, I doubt they thought that they'd be the business would be where it's now. So you could have the next. so I have had many ideas which I thought were amazing. So I had an idea for just before like the sugar bank came in. An energy drink, a yeah. sugar drink, a drink like less than seven grams of sugar. That's what we need to be, like sugar-free, less than seven grams for like people in our community. I got tired of growing up, all you drink was like KA, you go to get the 39 like, ascorbic acid drink. Yeah. Well, you, you look at the so that shit is so terrible. <laughs> yeah. It's like eating on the Different A lot of different ideas that probably you guys have listening that you haven't quite committed to. But in your youth, now is the time to just go crazy what is there to do fundamentally, like what's the time with your friends on the weekend, carnival's cool and stuff but it's gonna come around next year as well <laughs> and it always, always manages to be better and just uh, all the highlights you see on Twitter anyway so I uh, don't really stress it like that much. Uh, what other book recommendations would you give out listeners?
1: Um, there's another book I like called Against the Odds, um, it's by the founder of Teach First and what I love about that book is this oh god i can't even remember his name actually it's terrible but um he's a fan of teach first and the book is called against the odds and then what i love about um the book is that ideas can be birthed just like that so he was working at one of the top consultancy companies and he had a bit of um some time to work an idea of his own whilst he was there and he decided that he's going to explore um the issues that are happening within the teacher industry so he And look at like government reports and white papers and what he noticed was that a lot of teachers says it was a high churn rate a lot of teachers would come in they would leave after two years and obviously this had a negative impact on the students that they're teaching so then whilst he was working on that in that company he asked for them for a sabbatical to do further research and that sabbatical then led to teach first being one of the most profitable and largest social enterprises that exist in the uk today Um, and it's actually fun, and I think reading that book, there were so many tips and tricks that he'd done in order to get there. So they were a startup. I think what I love about the book again, I keep saying I love it. Is they were a startup, but sometimes you have to optics. There was a lot of optics in that game. So they didn't have an office but they were trying to hire the best talent. to solve. Yeah.
0: All <laughs> <laughs> like our emails yeah. is like, we here at How yeah, it's like two or three people.
1: <laughs> they didn't have an office and they were trying to hire the best people to become teachers and send them to these underserved schools um, and like make an impact in the world. And they said, okay, we've got to ask, like, how are we going to interview people? Because we can't interview them in our basement. And so they researched, they spoke to their contacts, their networks. And someone actually said, well, we work at City Hall. I can get you
0: you know, a room in
1: City Hall. And um, what that meant is that when people came down to interviews, they were like, oh wow, your office is in City Hall. Okay, your office is in City Hall. I want to work for you. And it's those little things, reaching out um, to your networks or friends to help me support. But then, you know, it was just, I just found that super creative, but it makes a massive impact on like the team and the talent that you hire. Um, And he he shared a lot of those things that he did in the book to get, you know, to get to where he's
0: at. So your story is interesting from YSYSB, Slack channel, yeah um, what secrets maybe tips and tricks advice how have you gone towards where you are
1: yeah so one of the biggest tips i would say is that your community um and if you want to call them your users or your beneficiaries are your biggest advocates so everything where wise wise is today is literally because our community is amazing and they vouch for us our, so long as we serve our community work in terms of um, partnerships or uh, monetary um, gains is because our community helps us get there. Um, So yeah I say that's one of the biggest tips Um, and another thing is making sure that you have great advisors and mentors around you. I think counsel is super important so we have an amazing advisory board and people from all different companies at all different stages um, who I call upon in times of need. so when it's like oh I'm writing a new partnership deck like, can you help me support this server drink water has been super helpful with that or um, I'm making some new hiring decisions can you help me with this Nafisa who runs a Mali has been super helpful with that and those people especially when you're um, running quite a small team or starting out by yourself are super incredible because they are your pillars to help you then build the structure for your business um, another big tip is don't be afraid to talk about talk about it um, it's something I have struggled with, being quite an introverted person, but I've noticed what, how I changed my mindset is that this is not me talking about myself. This is me talking about the community and its impact, and they they deserve to be heard. So if I'm not speaking about it, I'm doing an injustice to my community. I am could potentially be blocking them from opportunities or activities that, that make their journey more fruitful. So now I'm like, actually, I'm going to do that press release, or I'm going to say this, or I am going to do this, because what they're working on is magical. And that's the way i see it so it's a lot of um growth mindset and and changing your mind and how you see things and understanding how it's what you're building is so much bigger than you um so that's been helpful another thing is um again just deep diving into companies that are similar to yours but also ones that aren't so similar so um i'm always researching companies that you know, I'd love to be on the same growth journey as you know? so, such as Blavity, which is found by Morgan Morbidiband. They recently raised about six million from um, Google Ventures, and they're a media company supporting uh, the voices of black women. I love her gen- um, She's awesome. <laughs> and also stuff like Code for America, which is amazing, and they do like different programs and initiatives to help people in America build, well, the public actually build solutions that the governments are facing. And then you have got Code for um, Scales here in the UK, um, formerly run. An amazing woman called Mali, um who now is actually the manager director of ma- microsoft for startups and they will teach women how to how to code and they're great and i love learning from them but also i like looking at other industries as well like i'm really into like how SaaS products um run like salesforce and actually the the sales process that they have and how they're really great at um current relationship management because that's the same way that
0: i see my business there's a guy called jason lincoln <laughs> he has a whole SaaS tutorial online
1: it, Absolutely. And they do a massive conference as well. I think Sass SAS stock, yeah. And it, <laughs> Quite a bit pricey. Yeah, a hundred percent Like we, we actually, we may be working with them a little oh, bit wow. actually to help get some, help them more accessible Woo. and diverse. So yeah, fingers crossed out if you're listening, Sass, like we've talked, we spoke about it now. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, looking at other industries, like one thing I like, also like to look at is like the music industry. So, the way the music industry works, I believe, is quite similar to the startup industry. So you have a artist and you have a startup. You have the office space and you have the studio. Sure. You have the VC and you have the talent manager. You have the VC firm and you have the label. And the way I see it, when I see an artist, I'm like, that artist is putting so much work into the studio, making mixtapes, you know, making albums, the same way a startup, a founder work so hard in their office making products helping their users their users their fans their fans their users and for me I think it's super important um, at times when you're so immersed in your industry to just take a step back you know get um, more creative look at other industries you know and that's where new innovation and creativity So one of the things when I used to, I used to go and follow my friends to like music studios and just hang out there. I used to go to stuff like Universal and follow them to meetings because everyone was like, oh, can you help me with my deck for this meeting? I'm like, okay, cool, I'll come to Universal, go learn about the music, everything like this. And in my mind, the way I would admire them so much. And then I look at my community and like, I want to make my, I want to make this community, I want to make tech stars the next rap stars. And that's instantly I said, that's where my mind changed. I was like, tech stars are the next rap stars and they deserve to be heard. And actually being an entrepreneur, it's cool, <laughs> like it's cool, like it's, it's fun, it's creative and the outputs are amazing and actually what we're told in school in terms of go be a lawyer, go be an engineer, or you're only going to be a footballer or a rapper, actually you can build something that's super s- sassy and super cool that people use right in front of them and that can be food tech. So look, again, look at another tip, looking at other industries that aren't adjacent to yours and trying to get um, inspiration and your creativity really helps.
0: One leaving remark before we go. Advice for somebody 21 years old who wants to take over the world. One bit of information. If all of this they ignore and they don't listen to one tad bit, what do you say? Debbie says, do this or what else. else? That, that worse. Say, shop and study. They want
1: to take over the world. I'm going to say something, but it's going to be so controversial. Where do you go? Where do you go? Only for religious reasons, because my advice would be, if you want to take over the world, you got to be in the world. And that's not in, ten, not in terms of being in there, that like you're so closed off in terms of having an outward perspective. But if you want to take over the world, you've got to be where those problems are and figure out how you're going to solve it. So a lot of times when we speak to organisations or individuals that want to get into new career opportunities, are you in that network? Are you in that ecosystem? Are you in that community that you so happen to want to support and reach?
0: You're looking from the outside.
1: Can't get into the club. Can't get into the club. So you've got to be in there and understand what problems the world is facing.
0: care guys where can i get you on the socials
1: uh so deborah Kenna, twitter instagram linkedin across there this is why it's why same thing amazing thank you for the wonderful
0: work